wasn't sure if we were uh, gonna do an episode or, or not today because I totally forgot that it is Mother's Day. I know, I know, and I uh, I brought it up last night, and, um, <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, it uh, it's almost a gift, like not having to do it in the middle of the week, though, you know, like because that yeah, just, just <laughs> like it's really just the easiest time to do it right now. So we'll have yeah. all day. I can hear them screaming. She's spending some quality time with, with our kids right now. You know, that's what Mother's Day, Mother's Day is all about. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we can uh, we can keep it short and sweet if you'd like to. But, like, yeah, it wasn't even until noon yesterday that I was thinking, <laughs> damn, tomorrow's Mother's Day. We should have done the podcast this morning because that, that oh, one so, yeah. week, that one week, I don't remember what our situation was where we did it Saturday morning. Yeah. That was, like, fucking heaven. Oh, really? I, I personally thought so. I think you guys are probably doing more stuff on, on Saturday yeah, than you are yeah. on Sunday. So it, it, it probably wouldn't work out for you in the long term. Yeah, especially but. with sports starting up. But I thought the same thing. I think I thought about that on Friday, and I was like, I can't. Like, that yeah. seems like rushed, <laughs> you know. Because um, I don't even know if I would have had time to watch the episode at that point. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's part of the point where, I'm, where I am uh, – eight minutes late to the record because I was finishing the episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's been um, – oh, I did finally finish The Parent Trap, by the way, I, after, right oh, after the you? podcast. Yeah, I had finished the last <laughs> ten minutes or whatever. And you're right. It, like, it, it just wraps it just, up. It, yeah. it wraps up so quickly, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, there's a little bit of conflict where she – yeah, because she, she leaves. Spoiler <laughs> alert if you were going to watch it and listen to our Patreon episode. But, but uh, yeah, and it was weird watching it like that because – it felt like the ending was longer because I, I I had like three hours in between watching the my the end god of the, yeah. yeah or maybe like two hours in between watching almost to the end and then the end I'm like what are you talking about Ted that that movie was four hours long <laughs> no <laughs> no but yeah I I still enjoyed it the ending <laughs> didn't kill it for me Zack Snyder's The Parent Trap <laughs> yeah that would be all black and white in oh, four three aspect ratio for some reason <laughs> that would be amazing it's out there that cut is out there somewhere release the I don't even know who directed it. <laughs> I don't think it was anybody famous. Release the Myers cut. There you go. Oh, she is somebody. Lord. She is a big director. She did some big stuff. Anyway, we don't need to talk about that because we talked about it for a long time on Patreon. So yeah, we did. I know you're going to talk about that probably and and plug it a little bit. So are you ready to get going? Yeah, let's get All right. into it. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing: watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hallwell. And today we will be talking about season one, episode nine, affirmative action. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, Beloved Ant? Uh, first, we saw we were both surprised to see Caitlin Olsen pop up in the year 2000. And so kind of wanted to do a little dive on her and figure out where she was in her career at this time. Uh, Caitlin Willow Olsen, uh, born in 1975 in Portland, Oregon, began her career in the Sunday Company in the Groundlings. So she's a Groundlings uh, oh, alum. I did okay. not know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, out there in LA, and one of her fellow cast members in the same class, Dax Shepard. I did oh not my know. God. Yeah, yeah, I, did I had no idea had that Dax Shepard. Yeah, I didn't know he was a Groundlings guy. But it makes sense because Dax Shepard. I remember getting his start on Punked, which was a very improvisational show. You know, you needed to be able to react to somebody who had no idea what was going on, and that's why he was such a force on that show. So, I mean, it just makes total sense that he has a background with the Groundlings. But I did not know that. Uh, this was her TV debut, and no, way. yeah, wow. arguably her biggest role to date. The episode uh, aired 
to date at this time, not to date now, of course. I know. Um, uh, this episode... yeah, f- fuck the 16 seasons of Always Sunny. Yeah. This is her biggest role. The biggest role to date. Uh, this episode aired in December of 2000, and the only other credits she had before that are two movies from March of 2000, one called Eyes to Heaven, and she is the only person in the cast that has a picture next to her IMDb name. Oh, <laughs> next to the boy. <laughs> It's like a bunch of the avatars, like blank gray avatars, oh and then Caitlin Olsen. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty funny. And one called Jax, which does have a lot of people whose names you wouldn't recognize, but at least whoever cares about them has put their pictures on their IMDb page. <laughs> uh, but the tagline to Jax is, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your cards. <laughs> sounds like kind of a um, rounders so ripoff. Bad. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like someone saw rounders and was like... <gasps> gambling poker movies they're gonna be huge we gotta make one right now and obviously (laughs) (laughs) like obviously yeah obviously (laughs) there weren't any other big poker movies no and rounders pretty much did everything you needed to do there it's a a great movie yeah Um, it wasn't really like a a a, a genre yeah needed to take off i don't think no i think that we we had enough um but but it did i mean i don't know let me see when rounders came out because ted do you remember the (laughs) fervor around three card whatever they call it Mont, three card not three card monty but three card poker what do they call it texas hold'em three, do you remember uh, just like how it was everywhere like yeah. on tv oh my God, and yeah, yeah and probably poker everything yes. yeah like celebrity poker tournaments on tv and stuff and like and everybody was playing it. my friends and i got into it it was 98 so around this time and in, in 98 so that makes sense that like Jax came out. Well, Jax came out two it years later. Huge. They really it missed huge. the trend. We could say Rounders was the beginning of the obsession of the world's obsession with uh, Texas Hold'em, and Jax was the end <laughs> when Jax came out. It killed the whole. <laughs> J- Jax is what put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, but yeah, my friends had a poker night. I mean, every simply everybody was playing Texas Hold'em. I can't stress enough just how giant the game was. Uh, it probably extended past two thousand. Now that I'm thinking of it. Maybe not, maybe not too far, but but yeah, I mean, like on TV and just everywhere. So she had, she had a minor role in the film Coyote Ugly in August of two thousand. Hmm. But again, like she's not even named. I think she's like loud person at bar, something weird like that. Oh my that. god! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so this was really kind of like I said, her biggest role to date. In addition to Curb, she then made several guest appearances in films and TV series like The Drew Carey Show, The Jamie Kennedy Experiment, Family Guy, and Punked. By the way. Uh, so maybe her buddy Dax uh, hooked her up with that before being cast as Deandra Sweet D Reynolds in the longest running FX comedy series. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, which started in 2005. So that's when, you know, she was still five years away and still grinding out there in, uh, in Hollywood. Wow. But yeah, yeah, this was, this was kind of the, maybe the beginning. Uh, we also wanted to know a little bit about Brian Regan, uh, doppelganger Regan Burns, <laughs> which is just weird that, he has the his first name is the last name as the, as a guy he looks like, um, you know what it is it's it's his mouth I think and his and the hair I think he has kind of the same buzz cut that Brian Regan I mean they really do look very similar it's just so shocking they're not actually related, <laughs> uh, but Regan Burns is best known for his role and Ted you were you were like oh I know I'm gonna recognize this guy from something. I bet it's going to be from so many things because his biggest role was as Bennett James on Dog with a Blog on the I Disney never Channel. Watched, I never watched Dog with a Blog. That was that was after, after me. Your time. But but I will I will put this out there. My uh, intro to electronic media professor at, at in college um, was a dog. Every no, it was it was not a dog. 
but every Monday morning we would go over like TV ratings, uh, overall yeah. TV ratings for the week prior. And he uh, would show us every week in the top 10 dog with a blog was one of the highest rated shows. And his joy in that was that he's like, I will always know that there is still some hope for humanity as long as a show like Dog with a Blog is one of the highest rated shows. And and it remained one of the highest rated shows throughout its run. That's amazing. I had no idea. I mean, it's just not on my cultural radar at all. <laughs> I mean, Tim, you were like 30 when it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but- I think you were 30 with no ki- Or how old is Colleen now? She's uh, eight. Yeah, I think you were 30 with, like, no kids, probably. Yeah, and it just goes, I don't know, I don't remember when that came on, but the fact that the word blog was in its show name is, <laughs> is also indicative of, like, t- like like with, well, I, like with somebody like Jax, who's like, ooh, I gotta make a movie about this hot topical thing, is like, <laughs> let's make, I don't know what a blog is, we just need to put it on TV because people are doing it off of TV and it needs to be on TV, you know? <laughs> It didn't even come out like around the the turn of like blogs being big. It premiered in 2012. Oh, it's always too late. By the time yeah. that like when was that Zach Braff <laughs> podcast show on? Like 12 years after oh, podcasts were a Lord. thing, right? <laughs> I actually liked that show. I I, I did. Re- what was that called? Um, <laughs> it was called. It was called. I was podcast with a dot. Damn it! Fuck oh. you. Shut up. I'm. I quit. <laughs> Oh, Alex Inc. is uh, go, was the there. name of the show, and yeah, it was 2018. Was yeah, like, hmm, okay. I so I'm going to start. <laughs> I think I'm going to start a podcast, and he just points a fucking like Tascam in the yeah. general direction of people. I'm like, what are you doing, buddy? Yeah, maybe not 18 years too late, but maybe 12 years too late for like podcasting <laughs> a thing. They're like, all right, we finally got our podcast show on the air, and it's canceled. Okay, we did it though. At least. <laughs> No one can say we didn't do podcasts on TV. <laughs> yeah, now Zach Braff's podcast is infinitely more popular than his TV show about a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they didn't give you... I mean, they should have called it Alex Cast or something. Or you need, you need podcast in the name to let people know that it's a bad podcast. <laughs> um, back then, it would be like, oh, man, it's such a struggle because I'm the first person to make a podcast network. But this show was probably like, wow, this is such a struggle because... There are millions of podcast network, and I'm getting lost in the in the fray. You know, they but they, they didn't they didn't do that. It was all like that. in in 2018. It was like, hmm, I'm gonna do this thing that no one knows what it is. It's so far removed that like people have already forgotten why they were called podcasts. You know, yeah, because of the yeah. iPod. <laughs> it's like well, mm-hmm. even that's gone. <laughs> Wait a minute, Ted, a network show about the iPod. Let's do it. It's time. Oh my lord. <laughs> Yes. I'm sure that would make a good like uh, a, a good dramedy for like HBO Max or something. Actually, no, fuck it. It's gonna be Apple TV Plus, of course. No, I want it to be. Yeah, yeah, it has to be because it's got to be brand. But no, I want it to take place in current day, and I want people to be marveling <laughs> at the existence of the iPod. <laughs> that that needs that follows the trend of like being way too late on things. It takes place in 2022, and people are like, yeah, I can take music anywhere now thanks to my iPod. This is gonna be great. Uh, I would call Regan, get Regan Burns on the phone. <laughs> I don't know why. I would. Regan Burns and Zach Braff are in this. So he was also the host of, I never heard of this, the Spike Hidden Camera Show, Oblivious. I guess it was a hidden camera game okay. show on the Spike Network. Yeah. 
okay. he so here we go. Here are more of his cre- his credits. He played a teacher in two episodes of Zoe 101, which was Nick, right? That was a Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah, show. that was okay. Nickelodeon. He was in an episode of Supernatural later that year. In July of 2010, he was in an episode of Sunny with a Chance. Okay. He also appeared in an episode of I'm in the Band, which I think <laughs> okay. was also a Disney Channel thing, maybe. In August of 2010, he was in Zeke and Luther, and he also had roles on Wizards of Waverly Place and all that. So somewhere Jesus in there Christ. is Ted, I think. Somewhere. Somewhere <laughs> in there. I mean, I, I, I watched most of those. Yeah. At he some was also point in my life. On two episodes of Reno 911, which I definitely watched back in the day, so mm-hmm. might recognize him from that. His work is also, uh, he did a, did a ton of TV commercials uh, in ads for Arby's, Capital One, Volkswagen, Holiday Inn. He might be the guy in the commercial, like, wow, you're a doctor? No, but I stayed in a Holiday Inn last night. He might be that guy. I should have looked wow. it up when I saw this. Yeah. He certainly, wow. He certainly. Iconic role. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Boston Pizza, Uma. Uh, he was. He also played Beer Man in commercials for Coors Light. Uh, very Duff Man. <laughs> I don't know when those commercials aired, but uh, but yeah. Also Drew Carey show along with Caitlin Olson, who's also in this episode. Not the same episode, I don't think, but he was. He had a bit part on that show. Third Rock, Malcolm in the Middle, How I Met Your Mother, New Girl, Comedy Bang Bang, Always Sunny. He was in uh, season six, episode five of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So uh, he and Caitlin Olson did end up working together again. So, uh, yeah, just one of those guys that's been in a ton of stuff that you really can't pinpoint where you know him from. Uh, and one last little bit of interesting uh, cast crossover. Cheryl Hines and Craig Anton, who plays Becky's boyfriend in this episode, they later played husband and wife in the Everybody Loves Raymond episode, Annoying Kid, from 2002. So their paths crossed <laughs> again as well. Okay, so let us now consult the book. Please rise. Pretty, pretty good. Okay, thank God you. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> um, so in this episode, we have some bullet points here. Larry has a line about hurting his finger while adding a new hole to his belt, which David did for real that morning. So again, it's we. I pointed out how kind of ingra- uh, annoying this is that Curb does this. Like, And when you're trying to watch it in a note-taking manner, you're like, All right, do I have to write that down? Am I going to... <laughs> is it going to come up later or no? It's just something that happened to him that he threw into an improv conversation. Uh, and it's it's a little maddening and we didn't need to know it. But it just happened for real that morning. So he put it in the show. If you look closely when Larry slaps Craig's arm at the funeral parlor, you can see that he's actually swatting away a fly. You know, I didn't think that was real because they they mention a bug. Craig does something. He's like, oh, I, I, I thought I saw a bug. And then Larry does like smack his shoulder a couple times. And I thought that was like more of a joke that Larry thought of on the fly, on the fly, <laughs> uh, on the fly, because of the earlier, just adding on to the, to Craig's improv of like, you know, maybe he did see a fly, but I don't know. I, I thought that was more of a joke. Not again, a real life thing that was happening <laughs> on the set. Uh, the woman who sells Larry the sunglasses is Larry David's wife's niece, Julie Claire. So oh who God. says there's, who says <laughs> Nobody said nepotism was dead, but that's a, what no. a great <laughs> Larry David's wife's niece, Julie Claire. Can Uncle Larry <laughs> get me on the show? Uh, yeah, I guess. Larry's advice to the other mourners is a quote from his friend Tom Gamble, who wrote on Seinfeld a ton, right? Yeah, that name sounds familiar. I think yeah, so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, who was quoting Samuel Beckett? Can't go on, must go on. That takes that's, that happens in the living room when they're just all kind of sitting around. Uh, numerous takes of Larry shoving strawberries in his mouth were required before the cast and crew could finish the scene without laughing out loud. 
I, I remember that he's like trying to figure out he's taking guesses i love how how quickly people jump on that too that's a scene we didn't really talk about but he's like how many do you think i can put in my mouth and one of just the random old ladies is like six i love how she commits to <laughs> the game right away like she was looking for excitement too what were they thinking caitlin olsen we have a quote from here her uh, her here in that section there's something about larry's face when you're yelling at him he looks defiant and like maybe he's going to start laughing it's so infuriating that it makes you want to keep yelling at him. So Larry David has a yellable face. And then we do get another new section uh, in this part of uh, episode eight here. Larry in action. It's just a bit of the script. Larry has lunch with Jeff. And it's just a part of them talking about uh, Jeff asking him why he's still wearing a tie. And he's like, well, I mean, once you got the outfit on, you might as well just wear it till it's completion. Maintain the outfit. <laughs> so there you go. That's all from the book. Please be seated. All right. Um, do we have any news or anything? I think we, we covered uh, all the newsworthy stuff on our Patreon app for The Parent Trap. Yes. Uh, I believe, it, because, because that was like the, the timely release, you know? Yeah, but we do have a little bit of news that broke after that, is that we are back to killing people right after we talked oh, to them. Oh, that's right! Mike that's Haggerty right. has passed away, who we talked about in Season 1, Episode 7 of Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, Amco, and then just a few days later... He, he passed away. So a great, the curse hilarious. curse is yeah. back. The curse <laughs> is back. We're very sorry to Mike Haggerty, the hilarious uh, and treasured Mike Haggerty. But yeah, he, he passed away. So that was some big uh, related news recently. <laughs> All right. If you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show. Uh, I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. Um, if we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this that supports ratings. Um, I'm sure there's more out there, more uh, some, some smaller ones that I'm not quite sure of. Uh, but if you do leave us a rating and a written review, we will send you a free no-hugging, no-learning sticker while supplies last. We just need your mailing address, so just get that to us however you can. Um, if you would like to support us monetarily, patreon.com slash no-hugging, where for five bucks a month, five buckaroos, it's uh, it's the price of a coffee anymore. You can't even get a, a gallon of gas for mm. five bucks a month in some locations in the country. But for five bucks to us, you're going to get two movie reviews a month. You're going to get early releases for every episode. And you're going to get clipped content from every episode. Sweet. Thank you for your uh, your uh, <laughs> your addition to that. I, I, I like your I, I like your your uh, your totally real uh, reaction. Hmm. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay uh yeah but we just released uh, as we alluded to we just released our newest patreon exclusive bullshit review talking about the parent trap for mother's day uh you know i mean it it has a little bit to do with mothers Definitely. Why not? yeah i mean yeah, there, very... there's there's uh probably some other things uh talking about mothers that we could have released uh, probably but yeah, uh, but the Parent Trap actually had quite a few connections with Seinfeld and with Curb Your Enthusiasm, so why not? And also, Tim had never seen it. Yeah, I'd never seen it, and we got Grace on there, and, and that was that's always good. And uh, yeah, so it's, again, another entertaining episode. Even though I hadn't yeah. watched the entire movie, 
when we recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> you got the gist. Yeah, you got yeah. the gist of it. Yeah. Um, but maybe I will. Uh, maybe sometime this coming week, as we're pushing it out, uh, as you're listening to this on the free feed, I'm sure uh, there will maybe be like a little clip, maybe a snippet, Ooh. a preview of of the Patreon ep talking about the Parent Trap. Anyway. Season 1, Episode 9 of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Affirmative Action. Original air date, December 10th, 2000. And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry insults a black dermatologist while on the way to fill a prescription for Cheryl's skin condition. Hmm, not bad. We might be able to make it better. Yeah, maybe we can see. We'll see at the end. Because all that stuff for sure happens. I don't like the connection that they're that it sort of <laughs> makes between the two. But, uh, but again, we'll see at the end. Uh, so yeah, we start at home and Larry is talking to Richard Lewis on the phone, but he's asking him to meet him in person so he can tell him something. <laughs> I, this, a joke right off the bat caught me when Larry goes, cause Larry doesn't want to leave his house and he's like, just pretend we're blind. <laughs> I thought that was great. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this is what life is like for them. Pretend I'm standing right there. Just tell me right now. Good Lord. That was hilarious. Um, and Cheryl comes in, she has dermatitis and Larry needs to go fill her prescription, and then they'll meet <laughs> at a restaurant later, and Cheryl will get a ride with Rosa, who I, I we haven't met that character yet. I was expecting to meet her in this episode. I guess from context clues, it's a housekeeper of some sort. I I, I thought... Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird that they, they mentioned this character, and I was like, oh, we're going to meet Rosa. No, this no. is our first mention in the show, and we don't know who that is. As far as I know, maybe I'm, but the fact that you don't know too is, makes me think, all right, good. We weren't introduced to like some housekeeper in the beginning of the uh, season and I have forgotten about her now. Uh, so down at the seashore, Richard Lewis has not changed clothes since episode four. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> uh, he's, this is the same suit and tie. Am I crazy? I think so. It really I, I, looks I think, like it. I think this is the same one. <laughs> I hope at least he, if he's wearing it, I hope he washed it because he sweated a lot in it because they they moved that guy and he was just drenched. <laughs> um, but Richard is upset because he says he always initiates their friendship, and if he never called Larry, they'd probably just stop seeing each other. And Larry says these days it's because of Sof Sophia; they don't like each other. And Larry's like, well, you know what? Let's let's make it right. Let's start fresh. Come on to dinner. And Richard's like, we can't tonight. But why don't you guys come over? For coffee and dessert afterwards so uh you know it's gonna they're gonna turn over a new leaf with larry and sophia and richard lewis uh, and that's when richard spots justin who happens to be jogging by it's his dermatologist richard lewis is like oh yeah this is my doctor and larry goes oh even with the whole affirmative action thing jesus fucking christ <laughs> that is the first thing larry thinks to say that is the first thing yeah yeah, and also I'm—I just want to say I'm glad you caught his first name because I didn't, and I didn't have time to go back. So all throughout my notes, I referred to him as Doctor Grams. Doctor Grams is that his last name? Yes. Yeah. Okay, they, I they never got his it, last they name. They say it here. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay, well, we yeah. we can combine our notes, so it's Doctor Justin Grams. Perfect. Yeah, Justin Grams. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and so Larry, you know, immediately both of them go into damage control because it was a very offensive thing to say, but Larry's like, Larry pulls the, it was a joke, uh, yeah, line and out. I, like, Dr. Grams even, like, elaborates on that. He's like, okay, well, what was the punchline of yeah. the joke? Is it is it because is it because I'm black? Would you have said the same joke if I wasn't black? Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> which is always where it's a joke breaks down as soon as you go... What's funny? What's the funny part? 
And yeah, then, what's yeah. what's the funny part? Oh, it's racism. Oh, okay. It all breaks sure, down after that. I'm sure we're going to be called snowflakes about this, right? I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, but and even Richard Lewis is like trying to. He's like, no, he's he's a liberal. I promise. And um, uh, uh, there, there's one thing I want to ask to you about yeah. this. Uh, whenever Richard Lewis is freaking out, like he's starting to walk away, he drops the line on Larry. He's like, "You sounded like Pat Buchanan's gym partner." That I I wrote that line down too because I found it so hilarious. <laughs> it was it's hilarious, but I have no idea what it means. He Pat Buchanan was just some you know I don't really know even that much about him. I just know he was you know a uh, <laughs> a Reagan era Republican politician. Okay. And I'm sure just saying, like, oh, you sound like his gym partner, just like that, oh, boys will be boys era of, like, old white Republican men. Yeah, and and evidently uh, he... Um, ah, ah, yes, it's the locker room talk era. Yes, the the yeah, the locker room uh, racism uh, yeah. before the locker room sex. Maybe we'll do a little dive on this, because as I'm looking at his, at his Wikipedia page, there's sections on accusations of anti-Semitism and Holocaust denial. Oh, fuck. And statements on race and immigration. So, oh boy, I can get through the I can get through the racial part right now because we don't really have to uh, um, talk about the. But I, you know, I do want to do a shallow dive on affirmative action too. Obviously, this is going to be like our um, our Iran. Uh, uh, there was a, there was something about Iran <laughs> that we. I was like, I'm not going to go into the entire Iran Palestinian Israeli conflict. Is that is know. that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, it was but, something uh, like I, that. I think, it, I, I think it was like we had to do a very shallow dive. On the Palestine-Israel conflict. Yeah, yeah, that that, that was right. Because Elaine made something about, the, it's called something the PLO blend. And we were like, I don't get that. Um, and then we were like, yeah, I was like, this is, I'm, we're not obviously going to cover everything <laughs> involved. All right, back to the, um, you know, it goes all the way back to the Byzantine era. So in, 19, in a 1989 column, Pat Buchanan called for the lynching of a 16-year-old black teenager and the horsewhipping of four other younger African-American and Hispanic teenagers for having allegedly raped a white jogger in the Central Park jogger case. He also called for the civilization of barbarians by putting the fear of death in them. The five teenagers were convicted but later exonerated, and their convictions overturned when, in 2002, the real perpetrator of the crime confessed and DNA testing affirmed his guilt. So very much like, I guess this is like the Central Park Five, the same thing that Trump got in a lot of heat for, for taking out a full-page ad in whatever it was, the New York Post or the New York Times, and calling for essentially the same thing. This seemed mm-hmm. to be something that that a lot of you know old white dudes were upset about back in whenever that was nineteen. What did I say? Nineteen eighty-nine. Uh, yeah, just a, obviously a a punchline for a racist guy. But I I I thought that line was funny. You sound like Pat Buchanan's gym partner, <laughs> um, and the and the gym partner of that is funny too because. You could have said something not as creative, like best friend or roommate or something, but gym partner is such gym a partner ads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's so, like you said, it's so hilariously specific. Yeah. yeah, like why his gym partner? It doesn't matter. It's just absurd and hilarious. So, and Larry's like, I was trying to be affable, um, and this was a this was a brilliant line that I'm sure was from R- Richard Lewis along with Pat Buchanan's gym partner. He was like, I always end up saying stupid things. Larry says, I always end up saying stupid things around black people. And Richard Lewis says, that was like time capsule stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid it could be in a time capsule and they'll open it up later and it'll still be like the stupidest thing ever said by humans. <laughs> That's just a brilliant, what a brilliant insult and dig. It's like, that was time oh. capsule stupid. Is one of the funniest things, I've one of the funniest phrases I've ever heard. It was absolutely brilliant. 
I do like Larry's. I don't know how to maybe the, I mean we talked about this in the um the pilot episode the special like his his white liberal guilt about you know him saying like I always nod at black people to let them know I'm one of the good ones or something <laughs> like that um but he's very you know he he's awkward around them because he doesn't want them to think he's this like a racist but then he does stuff like this um that makes him seem like a racist but I did want to do a little dive on on affirmative action too because like what was like what like we know what it is but like when did it start? Was it an official policy? What was the deal uh, with all of that? I, I, I do want to know because I feel like I'm not educated enough on it. So uh, we'll dive into, again, not the entire Wikipedia page, but just a, just a few lines, I promise. Um, so over at the restaurant, there's a really long wait. And Larry was so thrown off by everything, he forgot to pick up Cheryl's prescription. So she's itching and scratching through this, this whole ordeal. And it's going to be like a 45-minute wait or something for a table. And Larry gets out a bill. And he says to Cheryl, he's like, this is this is a thing, right? Like, men do this, right? Which <laughs> was another line I loved in this episode. It he's, reminds he's me. He's got it folded up so tight <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. like, you can't see anything. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Like, I, I don't know why he needed it. Like, folded in half, I think, would be enough, you know? Or, like, in half lengthwise or... Short wise, you know, uh, mm-hmm. either way, I think would be enough. But like, you don't have to to like turn it into a joint, you know. Or something. It was like <laughs> it was like folded within an inch of its life. But I loved his line: "Men do this, right?" <laughs> and it reminded me of one of my favorite lines of Seinfeld when he's like, when I think George is like, "We could build a cabin," and Jerry's like, "Well, <laughs> two men could build a cabin. We couldn't build a cabin." <laughs> I, just, I I love. I that. did love. I did love though it it works. They get seated immediately, yes, yes. and then as they're sitting down, Cheryl's like pulling out her chair, and she's like, "I am extremely attracted to you right now." Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> it it, it it's, they're both amazed by it, and Larry is like obviously very proud of himself, and yeah, and Cheryl's very impressed too. And it, I like when he's like, you, "You've seen men do this," and Cheryl's like, "Yeah, I've seen men do it in movies, but but yeah, it does. It totally works right away." Um, there, there's another one of these sidebar conversations that never comes up again about why oh, anybody the, in a wheelchair would have a yeah. non-motorized wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Definitely thought that was going to be a bigger thing. Yep. Yeah. Like that guy would have heard him or something, or he mm-hmm. runs into him later and it comes up that the non-motor is better. So yeah, but nope, just they, and they had a, there was a guy in a wheelchair and Larry decides to start talking about this and use up time in the show for it. It was very, very odd. And, and also speaking of things that take up time in the show, Larry sees Ted Harbert, president of abc who says he he used to be like the head of the abc series division is, is that what he yeah. says well he was president of abc in in some aspect yeah and now he runs nbc studios oh now he runs yeah. nbc studios okay gotcha yeah but he has the worst small talk larry hates making small talk with him <laughs> so instead of going to the bathroom and having to pass his table he is going to go use the, he saw a restaurant two doors down and he's going to go use the bathroom there <laughs> That is just next level social. Like, I don't even think I would do that. And I hate social interaction. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is like next level social interaction avoidance. Uh, so down, it, it's a Mexican restaurant where he's going to go use the bathroom. And he runs into, outside of the bathroom, Denise Pendergrass, who recognized him, uh, him from a meeting for the movie Sour Grapes. And they got along great. She was definitely qualified, but she didn't get the job despite being qualified. And she asks why. And it turns out Barry did that job, a friend of Larry's wife. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why Larry's so quick to admit that like, oh yeah, you were good, but it just went to a friend of my wife's. You know how it is. Why would he 
be so willing to admit that. Maybe it's the maybe it's like so bad, but it's not what he's guilty of. You know, it's like if he said, "Oh no, we just found somebody who had a little bit more qualifications." She still might have had a case. Like, oh well, was it a white guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. But he's like, but no, no. This was to- the reason you didn't get the job was nepotism, not racism. You know, it's like when it reminds me of um <laughs> that uh, like, people- like like both are bad, but nepotism yeah. is definitely less bad than racism. Yeah, nepotism, uh, just like racism happens every day in Hollywood. But um, <laughs> you know, it's it's not as bad being guilty of nepotism because mm-hmm. you know it, there's there's blood involved in both cases, but in different ways. But yeah, it, it reminds me of um, just there's um, a scene in Devil's Advocate. Have you ever seen that with Keanu Reeves? And I highly recommend it. We should watch it for the no. Patreon. It is so boss. Is there uh, is there a connection? I'll have to look it up. But okay. there's a there's a scene where in, this guy's being accused of murder, and Keanu Reeves is a lawyer, and he's like setting it up where he's like he's a horrible human being, and he's cheating on his wife, and his wife got murdered, and he's like, and he's really mad at him for doing that. He's like, if you're cheating on your wife, you couldn't have murdered her, or something like that. Like if you were with your girlfriend. You know, it doesn't matter what the jury thinks of you as long as they just think that you, you there's no way you could have murdered your wife because that's what we're here for. I know it's a weird um, comparison to make, but I, that's, you know, it's like it, it can't be racism because it was nepotism. And I know nepotism is bad, but it's not racism. And that's what you're accusing me of. <laughs> um, so, by the way, I had to look it up because he says Barry got the job. The production manager for sure was Barry Berg on Sour Grapes. So I don't know if that's for sure Barry Berg because Barry Berg had a ton of production credit. So I, I was just trying to look up to see who the line producer was because this is who uh, this is that's the job Denise was going for. But Barry Berg was like production manager. He had an executive producer credit and maybe either uh, one other. I couldn't find an actual line producer credit, but I'm so guessing it, it was probably Barry Berg. Yeah, I'm guessing it was Barry Berg because he says Barry got the job. So I just thought that was uh, kind of a funny bit of real life parallel. But she also has a good case that she's like, you know, I watch Seinfeld every season and there was no black characters on there. They couldn't have had a black friend. Uh, so she's got a pretty good point there uh, that Seinfeld's so white at, uh, at some point. Um, so back in the restaurant that Cheryl is in, uh, Ted comes over anyway and starts with the inane small talk. So he solved nothing except getting in trouble with this woman <laughs> by going to the other restaurant. Uh, over at Long's Drugs... Which I had a feeling would be a fruitless search because there's probably thousands of what looks like this pharmacy chain all over the world. But it looks like this specific location was, um, how did I decide? Oh, 11941. It was at 11,941 San Vicente Boulevard in Brentwood. (laughs) Uh, And Long's Drugs was a chain started by Thomas and Joseph Long, founded in 1938. And they started in Hawaii. And then expanded uh, expanded to over 500 stores, mostly on the West Coast, but also in Alaska, Hawaii. And a long family member was involved in the company from 1938 until Bob Long stepped down as CEO in 2003. So it was a super long family-run business, uh, uh. giant family-run business for a very long time. And then they were acquired in uh, 2008 by CVS. And as far as I can tell, this location is still a CVS to this day. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, And Larry and Cheryl are there to get the prescription, but Larry lost the prescription. But in his pocket is still the $20 bill, the folded up $20 bill. So he must have given the Mater D (laughs) the prescription instead of $20. So they have to go back to the restaurant. Uh, Larry, uh, in the car back to the restaurant... (laughs) Larry is so offended by Cheryl's doctor's no weekend calls policy, which I love. This is one of my favorite Larry bits 
and and I think George would do it too is thinking anyone's time is better than his time. You know, like I remember <laughs> George getting very upset the, about the cancellation policy. Like he needed 24 mm-hmm. yeah, hours to yeah. be charged and the doctor could cancel. You know, he could find out the doctor wasn't there when he got there for his appointment and not be, you know, there'd be no restitution for it. Uh, so I love Larry like, oh, you can't, can't disturb the doctor. Oh, not on the week. Nathan, put the phone down. <laughs> this bit, he goes off on this hilarious bit and Cheryl She's is, not having any of it. She is miserable. <laughs> it is doing nothing for her dermatitis. <laughs> uh, and yeah, she's just completely just, yeah, just over Larry's bit, but he will not stop the bit. He can't stop the bit. Uh, so back over. Now we get a shot of the restaurant they were at, too. The Byzantine Greek cuisine. Uh, Se- this, second yeah. time we've mentioned Byzantine era. Yeah, this, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I mentioned it because of the name of this restaurant. It was just an, an era that was in my head. I don't, <laughs> um, I don't even know when exactly the Byzantine era was. Um, but I know the Greeks were around. So this was at 208 North Brand Boulevard in Glendale. And it is now Tavern on Brand. And I found out the Mexican restaurant down the street was Don Cuco, which there are some Don Cucos still open in the hmm. Los Angeles area. I like that there's a Don Cuco in Toluca Lake. Don Cuco in Toluca Lake. And that was at 214 North Brand Boulevard. Both of them are closed now. Um, so Byzantine is now Tavern on Brand and Don Cuco is now Eden on Brand. It's very important when you open a restaurant on Brand Boulevard that people know it's on Brand Boulevard, I guess. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I wonder how their marketing is. I wonder if their marketing is on uh, brand. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that's where it comes from. There was a, <laughs> that's where that phrase comes from. <laughs> so Larry apologizes to the Mater D. I this was again one of my favorite bits in the in this episode. Larry goes, I don't know if you remember me. I gave you the money and he gave us the table. And of course, I love the Mater D's just deadpan. I remember. Like, of course, he's going to remember you. Larry's worried. He's not. I don't know if you remember me. I was the guy that came in and gave you a prescription instead of money for a good table. <laughs> I remember. I loved his, uh, just his deadpan delivery. And he's like, you can find it in that trash can through the double doors. Uh, and so cut to Larry and Cheryl digging through the disgusting kitchen trash bag. And again, Larry asking everybody, do you remember a little piece of paper? That was thrown out in here. Oh my gosh, how stupid! But I, and I, I loved how people are continuously <laughs> throwing food into this can. Yeah, like, fe- like like feverishly, like they're coming back into the kitchen, scraping off the plates and throwing them into the uh, sink to get washed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're going about their business, like literally on top of Larry's hands in there. Like food, new food is going on top. And uh, I, yeah. I loved the back and forth here between Larry and Cheryl, like. <laughs> I, I think Larry, in talking about like how disgusting this is, he just says, oh, maybe you can lock me in the toilet after this. And Cheryl <laughs> yeah. just says, maybe you can pick up my prescription like I asked you to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why Larry is trying to make Cheryl feel bad about him doing this because he is in the wrong this 100%. This is 100% <laughs> his fault. Yeah, yeah. But again, that that's why it's funny. When Larry's wrong, but he will not stand down is, is always funny. But he's like, you know what? I got I got an idea. Why don't we just get you a new prescription? We don't have to call your doctor and bother him on the weekends. Richard Lewis's friend is a dermatologist. The guy I offended. <laughs> he points out even, the guy I offended. We can get a, We can get a favor from him. So Larry's like, you know, Cheryl's like, fine. Yeah, let, let's try that. <laughs> And as they leave, this was a great, I think, IRL reaction by Larry, like, flings the trash off his hands, like this food stuff. 
that had been stuck to his hands. And it kind of goes, it like causes a ricochet in the trash. Like <laughs> disgusting food just goes everywhere. Like garbage yeah. food goes everywhere. And Cheryl's like, ew, ah, uh, ah, uh, and like tries to run out of the restaurant. I felt like it was a very real reaction. So over at Richard Lewis's house, Larry and Cheryl explain that they, they can't stay for dessert and drinks. They, they explain the situation and ask Richard if he can call Justin and see if he will call over a prescription. And this was another great <laughs> racial reference. <laughs> uh, I don't Richard Lewis is like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that for you. You're like James Earl Ray to him. James Earl Ray, <laughs> of course, I did recognize as the man who assassinated Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> oh, okay. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. So Sophia is on the phone. And Richard Lewis gets into a huge argument with her over using the phone. Richard Lewis needs it right now. It's an emergency. And the, the bit where Larry and Sophia are trading silent fuck yous, it starts oh with like, God. it starts with someone giving one finger and then someone gives it back <laughs> and then two. And then they're mouthing, fuck you. Oh my gosh. That was so funny. And, and then I think at one point, Larry's like, come down here, huh? Yes, come down here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it gets to the point of like challenging each other to a physical fight she's like oh, i'll come down there i'll come down there again this is all silent but, all, w- all with yeah. no dialogue yeah. yeah no dialogue and them them escalating this argument uh so the the new leaf that larry was hoping to over- overturn not going to happen i guess but so it, it's not ethical for uh, justin to dr graham is that right dr grams maybe um, dr grams yeah to to phone over a prescription for a patient that he hasn't examined so they have to go over to his house i kind of filled in those blanks myself because i'm like what do you mean of course it's because richard's like it's not ethical he can't call over a prescription i'm like what do you mean that's totally ethical but then i was like oh he can't call he hasn't seen cheryl that's not a patient so it would be unethical to say oh yeah I'll, even if it's for even if it's for like a topical cream to go i'll write you a prescription even if i've never met you um, <laughs> so they got to go over to uh, the house in the car larry is so Again, this is another great bit that Cheryl doesn't care about and, in fact, is sort of actively hating. But Larry is so proud of himself because he figured out his navigation system in his car. (laughs) Yeah. Well, before this, as soon as he gets the address from Richard, Larry's like, well, how do you get there? How do you get there? I don't know, Larry. (laughs) Not your problem. Do some fucking work for yourself. Why don't you? Not Richard's problem. (laughs) It's not my problem. But, yeah, Larry's just being absolutely insufferable (laughs) to Cheryl here. Like she's yeah. like, hey, can we can we turn on the radio, please? <laughs> and he's like, but then we won't be able to hear the navigation. <laughs> Which I bet the car has something built in to make sure that's not the case. You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe in two thousand it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, maybe it wasn't connected. But yeah, he's, he can't wait to tell his parents. Oh, I'm gonna call my parents. My dad's gonna be so proud of me. <laughs> it's so weird. He's giddy at figuring this out, and he can't wait to to spread the news. So over at the doctor's place, uh, the doctor's giant cube house. Did you see the exterior shot of this? Was like it yeah. is a huge. It's a prism. It's just a giant, huge cube. Um, and Larry walks in on a. I wrote gathering of African American intellectuals. I mean, they're having a nice conversation in this like sunken living living room. Yeah, I just uh, I just yeah. kind of assumed they were all medical professionals. I I mean, nothing is said that they would all be medical professionals. I just kind yeah. of took that oh he's a doctor maybe they're all medical professionals this is some sort of yeah meeting of of doc maybe not meeting but like but not a party either more of like a dinner party atmosphere like dr- after dinner drinks sort of dinner party but yeah but, but they're all in one huge group you know like when i first walked when he first walked in i thought it was going to be like an official meeting of some sort but no just yeah, it's, be, it's not yeah. like a party atmosphere like there aren't people like spread out you're right there they're all at 
like yeah. a couch and and chairs and a love seat. It looks like yeah, it looks like a meeting that has an agenda and minutes and uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but so he walks in and Larry apologizes to Justin and it's water under the bridge. You know, Justin's being very cool about it, but everyone wants to know why Larry's apologizing. And it's this part was infuriating to me because I'm like, why are you prying? They've told you several times it's a private matter. How about mind your own fucking business? Like, yeah, like they won't shut up. Well, why? You're apologizing for something. What is it? Yeah, I I know. Is it? Were you there? Do you know what? There's no reason for you to know. Obviously, Larry is not going to say this and, in this moment and justin is like backing him up on that yes. He's like it's 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 a private matter guys yeah they both are several times giving these people a chance to go oh i guess maybe it's none of my business like if you're apologizing for something that's already a sensitive subject and now you're gonna bring this out, out into the open air that that's like the most rude thing you could possibly do this was like these oh i almost said these people were angering me uh i didn't mean it like that uh, <laughs> oh tim oh tim <laughs> um but of course it you know so larry does eventually just give in and and you know as as diplomatically as he can mentions the affirmative action joke which of course goes over like a lead balloon but you know what you mm-hmm. people wanted to oh sorry again damn it i didn't mean it that way tim Damn! I mean, if if there was a white this, party going, I would have this said specific that. group of people. <laughs> yes, this specific group of people wanted to hear it. So you know what? You can't be angry at him because he apologized to the only person that fucking mattered, and that's Justin. So yeah, it it was just, but but it was, and and they they all get along. Everything's going well, you know. Yeah. Like they they he explains it away like, oh, Larry's a comedian. It yes. would be better if he if he has time to write it, you know, and 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 make it better and punch it up, and everything's great. Yeah, they're all laughing. <laughs> Enter Denise Pendergrass one more time. She comes <laughs> yeah. by and calls Larry out for being a racist in front of everybody. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and with with receipts. I mean, talking with about receipts. not getting hired on the yes. job and no black people on Seinfeld. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. But as so as infuriating as elements of this scene were, this was great cringe comedy. It is so well. Oh my lord! Yeah. Like Larry hemming and hawing over it is such is such a great fuse that you can just see inching towards this bomb that's going to go off, and you're like, oh, maybe it maybe it went out. Oh no, 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 it's still lit. It's it's still moving. And yeah, it was just so well timed comedy. Uh, <laughs> it, it really was great. And then yeah, then the then the whole punchline, the real so the bomb goes off, and then you find out that wasn't even the real bomb. There was a bigger bomb coming around the corner, and that's Denise. Uh, just brilliant. Uh, so back in the car, <laughs> Cheryl is still scratching. Uh, herself raw and they've come to the point where they just have to call the doctor and larry's like put in our home number we're going to be home soon so at home we get the psycho the theme from psycho not the um not the famous re 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 shower scene but like the dun 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 that uh those strings and they're staring at the phone cheryl's scratching they're both going slowly insane until the doctor finally calls and the first thing he does is check. Well, I mean, he, he does talk to Cheryl. He's like, so, and, but he makes her confirm this is not a life-threatening emergency. So this is not a, a life-threatening emergency. And Larry tells Cheryl, tell him I could scratch myself to death. <laughs> uh, I suppose that's true. If you scratch yourself too much, you could get a, a worse skin infection. Yeah. So yeah, that could, that and you, could you happen. Can, you can break open your skin. Yeah. And yeah, for you, sure. You can, you can bleed out. Why yeah. not? Yep. Yeah. Bleed out, infection, all of the above. 
so the doctor agrees to call in a prescription, and Larry is going to go pick it up. And as Cheryl lo- promises as long to as never. Cheryl, <laughs> yeah, as long as Cheryl never calls him on the weekends again. Never on the week. And Larry again is incensed again. Oh, oh, oh! We can't call the doctor on the weekend. Oh, his time is so precious. Uh, so over at back over at Long's, there's a huge crowd now, and there's about a forty-five what, minute to an hour you, wait. Yeah. Would you say there is a long oh, wait? Boy. Oh boy, I knew exactly where you were going. <laughs> this whole episode made me wonder how late certain things are open. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> like, maybe they went to dinner at five. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's like the five or like six or something, right? Yeah. That's the only realistic option, <laughs> I think. Because, I mean, it is dark whenever they go to dinner. And yes. Larry went to dinner from meeting with Richard where it was daytime. Yeah. So that... That's got and this episode did air in December. This right. episode aired December tenth. So uh, obviously, if we're thinking like around real time, then it's probably getting dark in LA around like four thirty or five, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Cheryl does say earlier we'll meet at the restaurant at six. Okay, so, okay, yeah. So this this does kind of all track that. It, so so it maybe could be, maybe the yeah. pharmacy is open until nine ten. Does, yeah. does, that, does that sound like it could be possible? Yeah. Like, or, or even a 24-hour pharmacy, maybe? That's what, You know, I looked up. I was like, do those exist? Because anytime I'm in a pharmacy, they close at like 7, 8, maybe 9. Yeah. Maybe you'd find one open until 9. I, I, th- I think 9 is like the latest I've ever seen. 8 yeah. is very common, though. Yeah. and uh, But LA is a big city. I mean, yeah, so absolutely. there's probably a market for 24-hour pharmacies. The timing was questionable i'm like how late is he showing up to richards how late is he imposing on the doctor you know but it didn't it seemed like they you know they both had stuff going on everybody was still up so maybe it's not as late as it looks and and so dinner at six i guess this all can happen in one night and he's at longs by nine or ten or maybe it's a 24-hour deal and larry finds you know finds the 20 dollars in his pocket that's still folded up and he tries to slip it to the pharmacist in the same way that he slipped it to the mater d to get around the 45 minute to an hour wait and the pharmacist explodes and it kicks him out of the store accuses him of trying to bribe a pharmacist and kicks him out and uh, to, and never to return so back at home larry begins the slow ascent up the stairs uh, to tell cheryl that he once again does not have her prescription uh and his frolic starts up by the way i don't know if this was intentional or not i'm gonna guess it was but the shot of larry coming up the stairs is very similar to the detective going up the stairs in psycho i have to say mm. i think it was a mimic of a, a very famous shot okay. from psycho yeah wow so that is it oh my gosh all right what do we got for homework this week um ted and i are going to solve affirmative action we're going okay. to figure out a solution <laughs> that makes everybody happy uh, regarding representation and, uh, you know, justice and uh, <laughs> and systemic racism. We're going to just get rid of it next week. I think uh, we're, yeah, we're going to solve that all in 15 <laughs> minutes or less. Yeah, yeah. Some of it might be on Patreon. You know, we're not going to give these ideas away for free. <laughs> no, no, absolutely we're gonna not. Make, you got to pay make, for that shit. Yeah, Biden, pay up five bucks if you want to know. If you want to know how to win in 2024. Well, 2022 we're, first. We're gonna we're gonna uh, launch a uh, twenty thousand dollar a month tier only for Joe Biden, <laughs> so that he can pay off the rest of my student loans. That w- oh, that would be great. 
Ted, I would not be upset if you literally, if you were able to start that tier on Patreon. <laughs> that would be hilarious. The Joe Biden tier. The, the, Joe, the Joe Biden tier. Literally only for Joe Biden. He's the yeah. only one that can sign up. And it's for the express consent of paying off the rest of my student loans. What else do we have in homework? That That's all I wrote. That's all I wrote. I think okay. that's it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, I was going to, was I going to, no, I, we got, we got rid of Pat Buchanan. We, yeah, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we we figured all that stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you like for cover art this week? <sighs> Something with Cheryl itching, I feel like, would be appropriate. Um, Is there a scene of, like, her itching at Dr. Graham's I was going to say, there might be a good three-shot of them yeah. all standing up and, and looking at the rest of the crowd. I'll look Cheryl, for that. Yeah, that would I'll be good. I'll look for something in that yeah. scene, at the very least. All right, what do you want to do about this week's description? Let's hear it. So we had, Larry insults a black dermatologist while on the way to fill a prescription for Cheryl's skin condition. It's 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 not bad. I, I would almost maybe reverse the two, like, while on his way to fill a prescription for Cheryl's skin condition, Larry insults a black doctor. I don't know why I think that's better, but I think I like it better for some reason. I guess it, it makes it seem like they're less connected. Like, oh, he was on the way. Um, It definitely this. hits better because... It's written as though, like, the shockingness is supposed to be, like, the the funny punch of it, right? And that's coming in the first half of it. Yeah, yeah. Larry insults a black doctor, as he always does. <laughs> we need On his way there. to fill a prescription for Cheryl? <laughs> what? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, like it. I liked it flipped around, too. I think yeah. right. So maybe that's all I would do. I would love, you know, I would love to talk about how Larry complicates, you know, while on his way to fill... You know, Larry complicates the situation as he always does, but that would just make it longer. Um, you know, <laughs> obviously not the as he always does, but Larry complicates the situation is one of those statements. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe it's fine the way it is, but I would love that it that him insulting the black doctor, you know, does eventually, even though it's not because I I when I first saw that I was like, oh, the doctor is the one that writes the prescription, but it's not. It's someone he needs help from later on. But I, I think it's fine, just flipped around. There's probably nothing much we can add to it without. Okay. Uh, going overboard. Alrighty. Well, next week, we have got Season 1, Episode 10, The Group. Original air date, December 17th, 2000. And if you were looking at TV Guide that night, you were going to see this doozy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I, I saw I'm, this. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it wasn't written in TV Guide this way. There, there's, there's no way. But uh, you are going to see... In the season one finale, Larry gets in trouble with his wife, a stage director, an old flame, and an incest survivors group! Exclamation point! <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, the <laughs> incest survivors group at the disco. Oh, no. Um, yeah, when I saw that, when I saw that, it was a bigger oh no to me than than the title affirmative action and insults a black doctor in the description in the episode description and title so this one i was like oh no oh, i mean no. hey hey we're, we're talking about uh we're talking about racism in this uh in this episode what a better way to end it than talking about panic at the disco jesus yeah. christ <laughs> wait are they racist oh, oh tim brendan yuri is not a good person are you serious oh yeah i had oh, no yeah. idea what? Look, look up, uh, uh, just uh, just go do a Google of uh, Brendan okay. Urie accusations. Wow, okay. Jeez, <laughs> what a bummer, because I was just thinking about, um, he sang 
that thing you do with one of my favorite musicians and the man who wrote it and performed it originally, Mike Viola, uh, for the Adam Schlesinger tribute concert that was last year around this time because the uh, former Fountains of Wayne, you know, songwriter and, and mm-hmm. uh, musician, he had, he had passed away from COVID and then they put this awesome tribute together and, and he, he sang that song in it and I thought it was great and I did not know uh, anything about anything about this. Yeah. I mean, hey, he can still have a good voice and still be a good musician yeah. and also be a racist piece of shit. That's true. <laughs> but you don't have to work with people I like <laughs> uh, and be a part of tributes to people I liked. Um, but okay, I'll deal with... Uh, I'll deal with that controversy on my own, uh, <laughs> my own time. So, yeah. So is that it? Yeah, I think that's oh, it. Oh, by the way, I, I obviously, if you couldn't tell, I had to star this episode. It was absolutely. Oh my god! Yeah, me, brilliant. me too. Me as well. Like this was so good. Talking I, about I, it made me only appreciate it more too. I I didn't like it until I was like a third, maybe half of the way through, and then it just like kept hitting, and I'm like, oh my god, okay. It's <laughs> like I, I was waiting for like something to unravel and like it, it, it to like really like dry out, and it just kept punching and punching, and I'm like, oh my god, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. It had good jokes. It had great situational comedy, and that's just a one-two knockout for a, a show like this. Um, so now, now I have four start episodes. I, 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 I think the thing that put it over the top for me was yeah. Denise Pendergrass coming back. Yes, yeah, yeah, and she delivers like, this tirade. Cause it, yeah, because you think like it's done, like oh, okay, they're 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 getting along, everything's gonna be back. Larry David twice yeah. in one evening. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, he wins them over, and everything's fine, but. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, the the way she unloaded on him just ra- <laughs> like a machine gun was great. And so, yeah, this is I don't know if it's going to beat Porno Gill by the end, but right now it's my number 2. Oh, man. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I know. I know. But we'll see. Maybe 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 number 10 will get my fifth star of a 10 episode <laughs> season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I should go spend some time with the mother in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so is that it? Yeah. That's it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. <laughs> <laughs>